Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. Because I hate myself, I went to Domino's last night, and the pizza place. Yes, the pizza place. They have a very, and they had like a drinks fridge, like you can get your whatever your bottle of Coke out of. Mm-hmm. And the Peter Coke, and the, cola. Shut up. And the Coke fridge was very fancy, and I took a photo of it and texted it to my brother. And was it's like, a Coke dealer. Yes. This is not for the podcast. I'm just having a conversation with you right oh, now. Damn you don't it. have to play it up. And I took a photo. I was like, this is real fancy. And he was like, that is the number one most stolen piece of equipment is the Coke fridge we give to Domino's because it's so nice looking. You could put it in your house and it would totally work. <laughs> now I got to go to Domino's and check out this fridge. <laughs> I'll send you the photo. <laughs> Are we going to go with that as the cold open we or something can, else? I guess. I don't know. You know, commerce. You bought I a just, pizza. I just ate. I'm slow. I ate a Domino's last night. So I'm like, blah. And you're still processing? Yeah, it was, it was a bad choice. It's a lot of a lot of carbs. I have a baby, and things don't work out a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, meals and self care go out the window. Well, she does a thing. She's doing a thing where she will not sleep anywhere other than directly in my wife's arms. So it's pretty much I say hi to my wife when I come home from work. We spend some time together, and then at like six thirty-seven, it's like okay, bye. You're going in the black pit to hold the baby for the rest of the night so the baby will sleep. Do you normally refer to the baby's bedroom as the black pit? I just refer to it as a bedroom with all the lights off and all the shades closed. I call that the chill-out room. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's better than black pit. The room I, yeah. All right, fine. I don't know. It's great because then, guess what? Daddy gets to go in the basement and watch the Bulls game and maybe play some Elden Ring and no one talks to him. It's great. (laughs) So you're like, all right, baby, yeah, baby, you hold her hostage. Yeah, you, baby, you handle mom, I'll get the stuff. Like, that's, it's every night, it's great. Yeah, so what are you complaining about? Uh, well, binging on a Domino's pizza? I lit, last, And admiring your stolen fridge? Last night, I literally went to Domino's, got a Domino's pizza, carried the box directly into my basement, sat on the couch, and ate Domino's pizza out of a box while watching wrestling. I'm 12. <laughs> it was the... Watching wrestling, I'm 12. Just 
Yeah, no, that's good. Let's yeah. go with that. Is I, the cold I open. am 12. I have a mortgage. I have a child. I have a wife, and I'm 12. And a love of wrestling. I, only AEW. <laughs> no, none of that other one. This is the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Tech nasty. And I'm joined by my business partner and show producer, Paul Rita. And today we're discussing your burning e-commerce questions. So, but before then, we have some housekeeping. Uh, Shopify Flow, officially available on the advanced plans. So if you're on the Shopify advanced plan or Shopify Plus and you don't have Flow yet, go in the app store, search Flow, install this thing and play with it. It's free. It's an automation engine. And no reason not to check it out. Even if you don't use it, it's like it doesn't do anything on the front end, so it's not going to add load time to the site. Just go get your free toy and play with it. I yeah, like it. Generally, what it gets used for the most, at least that I see, is uh, we're having a big sale on, I don't know, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day. That just happened. We're having a St. Patrick's Day sale, and we have all this St. Patrick's Day content. Uh, and so we got that all pre-set up in, the theme, in a different theme, and then we will use Shopify Flow that on St. Patrick's Day, that theme will automatically publish itself and be up for that day and then unpublish itself when the day's over. And no one's got to be there to monitor it. You just you just described perfectly Shopify Launchpad. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Launchpad, extremely nice for exactly the scenario you described. Only available on Shopify Plus. Yeah, damn it. Uh, Shopify Flow. I don't know if you really play with that one. That's uh, It's this rules automation engine. And so we've used it for like checking for fraud scenarios, and then it can you know, like flag the order, send an email, send a Slack message to be like, "Hey, someone needs to check this for fraud," uh, or you know, items are out of items came back in stock. We could publish those items. They have a whole bunch of templates they give you, uh, so it's hard to say like use Flow for this when it could do. It's so open ended; it could do so much. So I say just try it, play with it. It's cool if it's available to you. So, yeah, just don't listen to anything I say for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> well, that that Domino's is just, like, <laughs> it's slowing you down. I don't know why I was just like, I want pizza, but it's got to be garbage. Like, that, I don't know. It's, a, what's the, it's just like the death drive. It's just in me. <laughs> the death drive? Yeah, you know, I've... I've already spawned, so my time here on this planet is no longer They're needed. They're swimming upstream? Yeah, I'm done. It's over. Oh, boy. <laughs> Who's going to edit this podcast? <laughs> He's going to be in a pizza coma. Uh, we launched a new site that I think is very cool. Overtone Hair Care. It's impressive. Yeah, overtone.co. Ezra Firestone, who does the, the Black Friday episode every November with us, uh, he uh, and some other folks like Drew Sanaki, who's been on the show before, they bought this thing. They bought Overtone Hair Care. And it was uh, Shopify, but on a headless site. So it's like the back, everything is done on Shopify, but the online store itself runs on a different platform that's headless. And it was like a, a hot trend where people were, were chasing headless and for various reasons. And in this case, when they bought the site, they said, you know what? Let's just go back to Shopify core, make our lives easier, <laughs> simplify our tech stack. Uh, Kurt, can you do that for us? And so I did not personally do it. A, a newly hired member of our team who had, uh, quite impressed by Tom Shedlack. Uh, We've worked with Tom for years. He's great. Yeah. And, we're, and we liked him so much. He now works for us exclusively. Full time. Yeah. Feels great. Should have done it sooner. Uh, he did a phenomenal job. And this, this Overtone hair care site, entirely on Shopify. It's a theme, um, custom theme. It's really cool. I think it looks really neat. I like it. And so now I get to do, I get to take over. I'm going to start doing some split testing. Google Optimize. I love you. 
Uh, so, like, split testing, you just, like, once you get, like, six or seven, you know what wins, right? Six or seven what? Like, samples. Like, you know, you show it to, like, seven people. It's called a focus group. <laughs> All right, not quite like a focus group. <laughs> I appreciate the setup here, knowing that you're quite skilled in statistics. Like, did it hurt you to make that statement? No, because I... To play dumb like that. In my brain, it was so absurdly stupid that it was funny. Ooh, so that there's like 30% of the population that'll just take that at face value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. You, were just, you were just pissed at me because, uh, pissed to me, not at me. Because uh, every time you tweet something about or say anything about split testing, people always just pop in and they're just like, yeah, but did you test it with this? And uh, is this statistically significant? Like, mm, it's like, no, idiot. I only tested, I looked at it 10 samples and I said, good enough. Like, what do you, what do you take me for? I did. Look, I went to college. I took two statistics classes, and I got like a C in both. All right, that's passing. Hey, C's get degrees. Yeah, C's all get right? degrees. Uh, so, no, all right. So, what we statistical significance in split tests is an issue, and so you want to the the really dumbing it down. A lot of these tools now, especially like Google Optimize, will try and stop you from doing something stupid. Like it'll tell you, like, hey, you got to run this longer. Hey, don't edit this while it's live. It will try and keep you from screwing up your own test. But if you really want to screw up your own test, it'll let you. Um, and really, it's you got to run the test long enough. So 14 days really is our minimum here, like two weeks, so that we get some pace cycles in there. And uh, we need a large enough sample size. Uh, Google Optimize, it'll say, like, probability be, to be best. When it hits 95%, probability to be best, and you've got that 14 days, and you have a sample size in the thousands, ah, suddenly, you know, that, that's something I could be confident in. But if it's like, all right, we showed it to 100 people, and it's like a 60-40 split, that's, that's just noise. But I think ultimately, when you see these tests, and you find them interesting, and you go, I, I, I like that idea, that sounds good to me, uh, just run that test yourself. Google Optimize is free, and it's not that hard to use. Yeah, that's the main thing. I feel like people take you being like, check out, I did this split test, and look what wins. Crazy, right? As you telling them how they're supposed to lay their site out, but it's not. You're just saying, check out the split test I did. Crazy, right? Yeah, no best practices. <laughs> I think with split testing, the hardest thing is coming up with the ideas. And so I like sharing the the tests and then the results. And then seeing like, hey, could, will someone else run this too? And see, come back and say, hey, we got the same result. And so if I, never have I run a test and then like five people are like, we ran it. We got the same result occasionally you get one person who does it. But if we could get, like, multiple people to run similar tests across separate stores with different audience, okay, now you start getting toward, like, maybe this is a best practice. Good clarifications to be had. Should we jump into our Q&A? In our, you know, normally in our, our Q&A or AMAs, I tr- we try and come up with a theme. We're not. We're just ripping through these. Yeah, it, it, there's there's no theme here. The these content are just, hole needs to get filled, so we're just filling the content hole until we're tired. Yeah, it's Tuesday, and we're just gonna you're gonna drink from the fire hose of uh, our experience here. <laughs> oh, it's Tuesday when they're listening to this. Yes. Okay, because yeah. it's today is Wednesday. Well, look, ha- my kids are on spring break, therefore time <laughs> has lost all meaning. Dude, I have a baby. What do you think I know about time you losing probably, all yeah. Once you're, you ha- you're trying to sleep train a newborn, there's just like, AM and PM don't even mean anything anymore. Yeah. Thomas Pasco. Tomas. Tomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, g- given that we, we grew up in Chicagoland, I really should have gotten that right. Tommy Pasco. <laughs> Tommy Pasco wants to know, 
What? I'm so impressed by your Chicago accent. <laughs> that Cicero accent's so good. Uh, you should meet my cousin Dave. It's not even a bit with him. Like, that's that's Dave. He's just like, yeah, three sausage sandwiches. He's just like, hey, you talked to my grandma. We went out the other day. Like, that's, <laughs> I was like, it, like I've... I've introduced friends from out of town to my cousin Dave and like he's like oh nice to meet you and like talks to them for a while that leaves and they're like <laughs> he was making a shocked face shocked and excited yeah it works for radio Who, read, just read this question uh, what do your clients use to track for performance besides Google Analytics we all go blind with iOS 14.5 changes don't think that's true I know people are raving about triple whale sure thing that's a thing what about your clients? Uh, I don't know. What do we? What do you use besides Google Analytics? I don't know. Aren't they changing Google, Google Analytics like next year? Everyone's mad about it. Yeah, they're forcing everyone uh, into the the new version. But like, if you don't upgrade by X date, you'll lose old data. I didn't look too much into it because the consensus among uh, marketing Twitter was people were really quite surprised that that Google was forcing this, and it was like the feeling was this wasn't quite ready for prime time. And so I asked uh, our, our rep at Shopify, I said, hey, what's the, what's the official stance here? Uh, and they said, uh, we're aware of it. We're working on it. We'll come up with the best path forward. And when we have it, we'll give you a timeline and uh, you know, an SOP, action steps, whatever. So I think the answer currently is sit on your hands and wait as far as that, that Google upgrade works. Unless you like really want it, then I'd get someone smarter than me to do it. The, but as far as all right, tracking goes, this is kind of a mixed question and that he's both asking... I think he's simultaneously asking about, like, hey, what analytics do you use? And also uh, attribution. So there's 14.5 changes. It's really like when a purchase occurs, who do we attribute the revenue to? That's the thing we lost. Analytics otherwise still work largely the same. And so I to today, you know, in time past, honestly, I use Shopify analytics the most just because it's right there. Every store is running it. So that's that's always been my single source of truth. Uh, if I want something fancier, you know, where I could really do it, honestly, Shopify Analytics evolves. I use Google Analytics less and less. Um, but if I can't find it in Shopify Analytics, I go to Google Analytics. And outside of that, uh, I'll use, if I want something fancy, like where I'm trying to build reports out of order and customer data, then I'll, I might use uh, Better Reports as a really good app. He mentioned Triple Whale. We do have a client running Triple Whale, and it is, is, it's really nice, and their support is really good. Uh, last time I looked at it, I think it was invite-only. It was like an invite-only uh, beta. I was, gonna, I was just about to ask. I was like, is it really expensive? Like, what's the catch? I think it, it – I haven't looked. So last I, – I know in the past it had been like you had to have an invite to get into it. But it is – it's nice. Um, I don't know. If this question is about attribution, I like using post-purchase surveys to try and figure out attribution because it's just ask the, ask the person when, when they buy, hey, how'd you hear about us? And like, yeah, they're not always going to be right. Um, but there's uh, no commerce, KNO, which that one, no commerce, I was on the, the board of advisors for that, which was cool, no longer uh, since they got sold to WeCommerce. But that one will do what you want. Uh, Enquire Labs is the other one. We'll do it as well. Uh, and the... Triple Whale, they claim to have, like, some pixel replacement that can get the attribution. But truthfully, I don't understand how it works. <laughs> well, it's good that you admit it. Yeah. Like, I've, I've seen other people ask on Twitter, like, how the heck? 
And then I read the explanation. I, I didn't get it. You know, first-party data, hand-waving. I'm sure there's a solution there. You know, algorithms. Algorithms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Machine learning. Yeah. <laughs> Model data. Model data. It's big data, machine learning. Big data. M- machine learning, big data, NFTs. You know, I hope that I hope that rambling answer was was super helpful. Excuse me. Do you know where Fourth Street is? Yeah, up here. Make right. Or uh, no, make left. No, no, make right. Man, this person doesn't know what she's talking about. But you know who does know what they're talking about? Zipify Pages, the most powerful landing page and sales funnel builder on Shopify. All their templates are tested and proven by a $100 million e-commerce brand. So you know their stuff actually works. Finally, someone who knows what they're talking about. You can copy entire templates like opt-in pages, product pages, or holiday promos. Or use the drag and drop builder to create your own custom layouts. Then publish your pages directly onto your Shopify store. That means no plugins and no subdomains. So setup is easy and tracking is even easier. And you don't need a designer or developer. Plus all pages are optimized for mobile and built-in split testing helps you maximize your results. It's no wonder Zipify Pages is used by over 5,700 Shopify merchants. To start your 14-day free trial, Go to Zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Uh, What's your take on TikTok? All Facebook gurus went to TikTok right now. Do you advise your clients to move there? I mean, what does it mean to move there? You're just like, everything else over. Only TikTok. Yeah, Nothing I, else. There's the implied mutual exclusivity. <laughs> it's like it's another path. Yeah, there's no reason. Yeah, I I think the answer is you should always if your marketing budget should be like eighty percent. Let's double down on what works. Twenty percent. Let's just keep trying some new stuff and see if we could figure it out. And I think that's the reality of where people are with TikTok. Is like they know Facebook ads aren't performing as well because of the previously mentioned iOS fourteen point five privacy changes. So they're going to the next new big platform seems to be TikTok and then they all fall flat on their face is how it sounds hmm. and I the well because you got to relearn it and I yeah Every, it, it, it's Having a different language that, it's a different visual language you know it's a different way of communicating with people yes if you're trying to take your Instagram story ads and then apply those to TikTok as TikTok ads, and then you're not seeing results, and this is your first effort at it, it's probably because you're just not versed enough with TikTok. Like, it's so, it's fast moving. It's like Twitter for video, the speed at which it goes, and it kind of involves its own language. I miss Vine, I loved Vine. Vine was great. So I think it's worthwhile to explore TikTok, but I wouldn't say like, all right, we're giving up on everything else. Yeah, and I mean, do we advise we advise our clients to do everything? Just do everything, and then if when something works, do it twice as hard. And if it doesn't work, I don't know, maybe try again, or yeah. maybe give up. I feel like up my my catchphrase maybe the only way to know is to try. Yeah, it's like because yeah, in e in e commerce and business, there is no one right perfect path forward. Mm-hmm. In life, in life, in everything, <laughs> and so you just explore and find what works for you. Uh, finally, how's your Tesla doing? Uh, last Thursday, <laughs> last Thursday it tried to kill me. 
I t was turning left out of our neighborhood onto uh, a street with a, a speed limit of 40, which means people do like 120. And <laughs> so I'm turning left out of this street. I go forward, turn left, and merge into traffic. And as I do it, I discover that my steering wheel uh, feels like it's in park. And it's because unexpected, and then on the screen it says, like, auto lane assist may be unavailable. You don't say my power steering had failed. <laughs> yeah. And in a 5,000-pound car that normally has electric power steering, uh, not having your power steering is like, you better be Arnold Schwarzenegger if you're going to turn that wheel. And so I did, uh, there was no accident. I was in, and by Monday morning they had fixed it for me, and it's back, it's fine, I drove it to work today. But uh, I would rank that two places behind having your brakes fail on the highway as far as, like, exciting things go. Oh, exciting. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, definitely woke, woke me up. And what was fun, uh, since it happened right near our house, my wife from our bedroom window, uh, while sipping her coffee, got to watch me execute, like, a 15-point turn in a parking lot <laughs> across the street because I just could, that, I couldn't turn the wheel far enough. So I was just like, backward, forward, backward, forward. I got home. It was fine. And they fixed it. But other than that, I've not had issues with the car. I like it. So there you go. There's your exciting uh, Tesla vehicle ownership update on this podcast about e-commerce. Uh, my 2015 Ford Fusion's doing fine. Flawless. It's flawless. I... It drives. It has no fun. It has no Easter eggs. No has, Easter what? It has no hidden secret things inside of it that no one knows about. <laughs> uh, I would think that's bad in a car, but apparently some people think that's cool. You know, it's, it's about what you're looking for. <laughs> I like the excitement of, is it going to kill me? <laughs> and so I've selected three vehicles based on that premise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, next up, I'm going to get a motorcycle with no headlights. See how that works out. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Should be fun. The... Julie would never let you drive a motorcycle. No, it is for the best. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. You've, I've seen the other choices you've made in your vehicles. I would not trust any motorcycle you bought. <laughs> I, f I took and failed the motorcycle test. <laughs> what was it? Like, don't fall over? Well, the motorcycle, it's like a, no, it's a for real skills test. All right, but wait, when you do the motorcycle test, is there a guy sitting on the back seat wrapped around you, or does he give you like a sidecar? No, there's a, the guy, it's your choice. You know, depending, <laughs> if you bring the sidecar, the instructor sits in the sidecar, but otherwise, they, they sit behind you and hug your waist tightly and whisper in your ear. That's how the motorcycle test is traditionally performed. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just for the 30% of people who take everything at face value, that's not true. <laughs> uh, Trevor? Trevor Cotts wants to know, what are the people, your clients, I just thought, you know, like the people of America, that are thriving right now doing differently? That's such an open-ended yeah, and yet good question. What are, they do what are the people who are successful like, really just outrageously successful do differently. What are the people that are not doing? All right. Here's the problem. We don't know because we don't have any clients that are really screwing it up. <laughs> well, I We think... don't have clients that were just like those morons. They lose millions of dollars a year. I, mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, I think the answer here is they, the ones who are really successful, it tends to be a larger team of creatives than you would normally see. Uh. Like first they figure out the product, the market fit, the messaging, and, and being able to fulfill, right? No gods but shipping. If I can't get the stuff out the door to, and to people in a timely fashion, it's a, it's a no-go. Once you've gotten past, then it's time to scale. 
then those teams really rely a lot on their their creative teams and you know being able to to provide uh, edutainment in a way where they could share their story, and that keeps you know you it gets you that repeat customer rate where it's everything is novel enough that people keep looking at your content and coming back, and it keeps you top of mind. And then it also it helps with word of mouth and new customers. I think that's the thing is the people who are able to tell a compelling story consistently. Same as where you know, you said the content hole must be filled. We publish an episode every Tuesday, no matter what. E-commerce businesses that treat themselves as like small TV stations, as small content producers, the ones that invest in that, I think those are the ones that really move and take off. And you know, if you have a bunch of people that are really good at creativity and communication, when a new social media ad platform rises, like, I don't know, TikTok, uh, those people generally will be able to have an easier time figuring out how to leverage TikTok. Now, I, I think of myself as a creative. I enjoy creative pursuits. And so I think there's some inherent bias there. No, I think, the I don't other think thing you're is, wrong in any way whatsoever. And then I think uh, the other thing is being absolutely willing to change and try things and then also look at something and go, that didn't work, moving on. Mm-hmm. You know, so they aren't suffering sunk cost fallacy. You know, they're not like, well, we invested that, so we have to keep trying. They're like, nope, give up, move on, next thing. And um, and also, you know, not necessarily let ego get in the way. And I think with bigger teams, that gets easier. Because, like, when it's the, 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 the brand owner, the founder doing everything and making all the decisions, it's, your, it's, it's too easy to let your ego get yeah, wrapped might, up yeah. in it. Yeah, and the, who might have, like, three or four little underlings. But he's like, but I'm the boss. Yeah, I'm making the decisions here. Yeah. So I think... To a lesser extent, it's you know let go of ego and uh, get out of your own way. That helps. How do you feel ASEO game has changed over the last couple of years? Should it still be a focus? I think for SEO to work, you need to be really good at writing or have someone who's really good at writing, and so that speaks to that like, like creative. creative aspect. <laughs> um, but that's just a tougher thing to do for a lot of people. It just turns into feeling like homework. But if you could create that, like, those ultimate guides content, tutorial content, how-to, the stuff that people Google for, looking for answers, that's where you see success with SEO. It's also another thing where it's like you just have to keep publishing, and then suddenly a year later, oh, my traffic went up. Mm -hmm. So I think the answer is yes, but I just, you know, we don't see a lot of it uh, for those reasons. Uh, One thing around the quarter that no one is really talking about yet uh, I don't know. If I knew that, I wouldn't be telling you. I'd be investing in it and making money if I knew the next big thing. Hmm. Uh, that being said, we are doing a big site build for someone that I'm working on that hopefully will be done in the next two weeks. And they are investing in AR. Augmented reality. Augmented reality. And they sell a backpack they sell like a big, big old backpack. And I worked with the AR team to get that integrated on the store. And it just worked. It's really cool. So if you're looking at it on desktop and just initially going through on your phone, there's just a 3D rendering that you can swirl it around and check it out. And it looks perfect. And then if you're on your phone and you hit the AR button, you can see the backpack on like a table or on the floor or whatever and get an idea of the actual sizing and dimensions of it. 
so while I think that's cool, I thought it, I think it's very cool in a tech demo-y kind of way, and the mm-hmm. fact that it just worked. When you got that to just work on your iPhone, and then we s- tried it in our office, and you put the backpack, and it just rendered easily on our table that you're sitting at now, yeah, and, it and then we went and got my backpack to check to see if it got the scale right, and it did. Yeah. We we were jumping around in here like idiots. Yeah, well, as a as a person who has to kind of make these things, I was just impressed that I was like, wow, that worked. Like that didn't run like shit. It was totally totally worked seamlessly. Incredible. Uh, but I, I mean, I think that you could really do something with that, especially when it comes to furniture. I think furniture is really the big. For sure, if you sell home goods, yeah, you should be looking into augmented reality. I really think that is a easy win and I can almost guarantee implementing it is less expensive than you think. Okay. I like the 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 app that we used. Do you remember the name of it? I don't. Okay. Well, we'll we'll I'm sure it'll come up. We'll do it cover it in a future episode. But it we looked at the pricing. I looked at the pricing with a client and it it really was quite affordable. It was in no way outrageous. And then getting the models made, it uses a .stl file. Yeah, .stl file, which is it has become the standard for this is a 3D file that everything and every browser and every OS understands now. It's like it, we have a 3D file format that's the equivalent of JPEG now. And so all these four, uh, all these apps, these phones, um, and people making 3D models are able to just use this one standard, and that really simplifies life. And so even in Shopify, you could just take an STL and drop it into product media. Yeah, I remember, it'll work. I remember when Shopify announced that they were supporting it. That was at the it was at the last Unite we went to. So Which it I think Unite, it's 2019. 2019. It was a stroller, right? I believe it was a stroller, yeah. And they had the real stroller and had the AR one. Well, and they had already had it working on the Chip and Joanna Gaines store. Magnolia. Magnolia had it like they were in the beta. They were like the test store for it. And I remember coming home from that Unite and being like, check it out. And it, like, didn't work. And you needed to have a very specific iPhone in order for it to work. And it was, like, a huge pain in the ass. So as with most things like that, they announced that they were supporting it. It kind of pretty much didn't work. And now, three years later, it works great and seamlessly. And that's generally how those things go. Yeah. So There's the bleeding edge stuff. Yeah. And then, all right, it would support becomes widespread, all right, now it's safe to use it. I mean, you could have used it then. It's just a limited audience would have been able to see it. Yeah. And it, well, I think in, in the initial version, it was like, all right, to get this to work, it really had to be in an app. Yeah, that was what it was. Like, you had to download the Magnolia app to see it. You, Whereas now, just the browsers all support it. Now I don't remember. Some, no, I, they supported it as product media. That's what Shopify was announcing. Yeah. Yeah, you just take the file and upload it like a picture. And it just it loads a 3D file. This episode was brought to you by the team at Rewind, a trusted Shopify app since 2015. If you're a Shopify partner, join leading agencies like Milk Bottle Labs, Velstar, and Mac Digital Designs, and more in the Rewind Agency Partner Program. You can earn up to $2,000 for recommending Rewind to your clients, and you can rest easy knowing that the hard work you've done for your clients is protected. If you're a merchant, feel confident and enjoy peace of mind that your store is always safe with automated backups. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Learn more by looking up Rewind in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Next question from Trevor here. Last question from Trevor. What are three e-com strategies that just don't work like they used to? Uh, buying traffic at the traffic store. I.e. Facebook. I.e. Facebook. Yeah, ROAS down on Facebook, which we know. 
It's been a, a common thread. And I part of it was during the pandemic, we're shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> right? Everybody's bored at home on their couch with extra spending cash. Yeah, I saw I saw a link the other day that was like, the pandemic e-commerce boom is over. And, you know, all that stuff like that. When it really, and it was really, it was like, click-through cost per click rates have gone up by 10%. No! And I was like, oh my god, three oh my god. cents? I mean, it was, it was really a headline in search of some data. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we've seen that, though. It was like, if 2019 was 100... And 2021, 2020, 2021 was like 130. It's come back down to where it's like eh, 115 now. We're still ahead of pre-pandemic. We're, we're ahead of pre-pandemic. We're ahead of whatever the, you know, whatever the rate was before. The rate has increased, but it's not where it was peaking 18 months ago. So three strategies that just don't work like they used to. Number one, it used to be a lot easier to build an organic following on social media. And now that everyone is so adept and good at social media, there's just a lot more competition. And so that's a lot harder. And then at the same time, just people in general are much more aware of like, well, this is very commercial. And so they're not, they're more resistant to following those types of accounts. So it's tougher to get a unpaid organic following on social media, regardless of platform. Um, it's tougher to game SEO. Not that we were ever advocating that, but like it was just easier to get random SEO wins with less content in years past than now uh, as the, the algorithm evolves. And, and then third, we're not seeing the same ROAS numbers and ease of, of tracking and targeting in Facebook and Instagram that we used to. Uh, Ronald Cross wants to know, should Shopify merchants have checkout in their own Shopify store or meta checkout, which is apparently checkout in Instagram, I'm in the own sales data camp, Shopify checkout all day, but am I missing something by not using Instagram checkout? We don't have any clients that are seeing any kind of meaningful results with meta shops. Are they using them? A handful. Okay. So I don't think that mar our experience is very limited here. But we've not seen anyone like, yeah, wow, we're killing it with this. So I asked in Foxwell Digital Slack, this is Andrew Foxwell, let me see if I got any replies to this Slack. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. I know I, I know I did. I have two replies. First says, we haven't seen shops, shops work really at all in any capacity, but interested to hear if anyone has seen differently. And then someone else who said, we have a company. That's got both set up, good to test, and shop, quote, shops is not a huge winner, but it's improving a bit. It's not, it's not selling me. And then in our own Facebook group, we'll get, a, like, posts and questions that are really, like, seeking tech support about this feature pop-up. And it's always, like, it's always some variation of, you know, hey, they won't approve me, or, like, it broke, or it got declined, and then, like, support just points fingers at each other, what do I do? And then no one knows what to do. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just generally, I don't know. Does Facebook give you all the data? Knowing Facebook, don't trust them. Can't trust them. But to me, that's the thing with Amazon. Is the like, it's the same as Amazon where it's like, yeah, maybe if Amazon works, but you're also not getting any long-term customer data. So you're on borrowed time. It's a little odd that they, 
they've structured it like it's a marketplace on Facebook and Instagram. And that, like, if I sell an item on Amazon Marketplace, they're not going to give me the money until I have provided tracking. That's how they you author you release oh, to the, show the that funds. you to show that you've sent the item. Yeah, yeah. Meta Shops works the same way. All right, and so like that could be a frustration for people. So it operates more like a marketplace, but it's not necessarily providing traffic the way you know Amazon, eBay, Walmart, those other marketplaces do. So I don't know. Like again, it, it's a thing you could try. You know, hook it up, see what it does. But my experience has not been. I've yet to see anyone really get anything meaningful out of it. That doesn't mean that's going to be forever though. Ronald continue, Ronald continues, Meta offers very compelling features for IG checkout. IG live shopping, product launches, custom audiences. Custom audiences, so we do get the data. Sometimes with a crazy ad credit to match, $1,000 to $7,500. All right, that sounds pretty good. There you go. Take your five grand. Yeah. See what you get out of it. Like a $1,000 ad credit. All right, I could maybe figure something out with that. The one that, the exciting thing hidden in here, live shopping. The IG live shopping is interesting. So, like, you you essentially, the people I've seen succeed with live video shopping, they're doing their own QVC HSN show for their own brand. I mean, did you you watch the Lululemon doc, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I, Emily was telling me, she was just like, I remember when this was happening on, like, all my Facebook. People would get on Facebook Live and live sell Lululemon pants. Like, that clearly, that was a thing people could do. It wasn't only the Lululemon pants that made that a possible thing people could do. And so other people, years later, figured that out <laughs> and are doing it. It works well. I talked to guys who sold comic books, like alternate cover, limited edition ver- variants of comic books. And they made a killing doing it on um, uh, live video. Now, I don't know what platform it was specifically that they did for this, but I've now encountered more people than I could keep track of, who've had success with this live video shopping. And so I think that's, there's a, a recurring theme in here is like, all right, well, what's the next thing? What are we looking for? Where should we be spending time and effort? Maybe live video shopping is the answer. Nothing is the answer and everything is the answer. Just try everything. The next thing you should be doing is shit you d- haven't done before. That's <laughs> yes. the next thing you should do. It's uh, concise and direct and good <laughs> advice. That's generally how I roll. Just do some shit. Just, just try it. I don't know. I got a pizza to eat. <laughs> uh, Clifford, frequent commenter Clifford says, how do you use the new Shopify customers view section? And he's asked about a tutorial. I don't know what he's talking about. So if you go in your Shopify admin, it says customers, you go in the customer section. It, previously in those admin views, they just like had filters and you could filter and sort it a little bit. And then really, if you want to do anything fancier than that, you export it as a spreadsheet and go wild in Excel. They switched it up. It now, uh, it's got this, uh, this crazy um, conditional logic in it. So the easy way to figure it out, there are, it gives you templates. Click the templates button, apply uh, some sample templates that they give you, and then immediately you'll understand what it is and what you could do with it. But essentially it's like a little block of code where you could type in like uh, customer equals returning and you know, lifetime value greater than 500. And then you could also do or, so you could have like and, or, essentially it's a system to build out customer segments Mm -hmm. right in that customer audience thing in a more powerful fashion. 
I like it. I think it's cool. But for it to make sense, just play with the templates, and then you'll start to start to see how it works. And what are we doing? We're generating lists. Yeah, it's uh, rather than trying like run make segments of customers inside your email service provider. Now you could do it inside your Shopify customer admin. Like you, the, I would normally be doing the same stuff with dynamic segments in Klaviyo. So you take that and then perhaps use the new Shopify emails and flows that they're implementing that Jim McDonald's is about to ask about. Oh, what does Jim McDonald have to say? Uh, he wants to know what we think of the new Shopify emails and flows that they're implementing. Oh, <laughs> he has to... and whether they what they are compared to Klaviyo slash Mailchimp. But we don't talk about Mailchimp, or we do talk about Mailchimp now because they're friends again. Right. Well, I know we don't talk about Bruno. Uh, my baby doesn't watch shows. Oh, okay. I don't watch shows. Yeah, no, my daughter, her oh. friends were into, my five-year-old, her friends were into Encanto. Oh. So now she's into Encanto. Wow. What yeah. a, what like a sheep. Ah! My baby your ba is. Your daughter's sheeple. A, <laughs> when she hears about this. <laughs> she loves me. Uh, what do we got here? So, all right. I have not played with the Shopify email software. I am glad that feature is in there because it's a lot, e you know, if you're getting started with a store, that's a lot, having that built in is a lot easier than being like, oh, you wanted to send emails with your e-commerce store? Yeah, all right, go get some other software. But in the past, you know, the reason I hadn't played with it- couldn't do the high level stuff. Is that, yeah, I couldn't do automation, right? I couldn't do flows. And now they're adding those features. So, ah, as it becomes more feature complete, suddenly I'm more interested. But I also have uh, it, this legacy technical debt of our clients are all on Clavio. End of story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just use that. So I just, I have not had the occasion to play with it. It'll, it'll happen on its own eventually. So we'll encounter someone who uses it and I'll have a chance to poke at it. But now currently, I really, I just haven't used it, so I don't have an opinion on it. Okay. That's, see, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Alexander wants to know, any updates from Google on how the page speed stuff is affecting anyone? No. <laughs> no, it's kind of interesting. Have we not seen any drops yet, even with a score under 20? No. No. It doesn't affect you. No, it, it really. It's a, at the worst case scenario was, it was a tiebreaker if you were tied with someone. Yeah. And when you go back and you, I actually, it was like, hey, you know what? I want to give Alexander new information. So I like Googled a bunch of stuff. Was looking up about it, and it's just like Google implements page speed affecting your page ranking. It's been ten years of articles about that. I found articles from 2010 saying that Google is doing that. They probably did. I don't know, but you've been living under this speed matters regime for the last decade now. The speed matters regime. Yeah. So uh, whatever it's been for the last ten years, that's probably how it's just going to kind of keep you going. So is you got bigger shit to worry about. Yeah, the answer, it, it's interesting that... The answer is always you have bigger shit to worry about. The Google PageSpeed discussions kind of hit a frenzied peak and then have really disappeared. Yeah. Which I'm grateful for. Not because... It, you know, I, I don't want people to have slow websites. It doesn't help. But I, a fast website... Uh, and a fast website doesn't hurt. And that's really the extent of the issue. You know, the, it, I always thought it was silly that the page speed metric being applied to an e-commerce store that's loading, you know, like 50 different JavaScripts to add a whole bunch of fun. Why am I getting into this conversation yeah, I don't again? Know. I don't I'm understand what you're it. talking about. I don't really care. So I'm done. Uh, doesn't matter to these, doesn't matter to me. doesn't matter to you guys. You got bigger fish to fry. All right. Final question. 
what is the a good choice for return management app? What would be a good return management app? See, this is st- stuff that matters, right? Yeah. You, you make your life easier. Yeah. You know, especially if you sell apparel, you're going to be dealing with returns. Like one in three orders is coming back. So how do you deal with that nonsense? And the customer doesn't want to be emailing you back and forth, right? They just want a simple system. So you use a portal. Uh, I just set up AfterShip on a site yesterday. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. I've used Loop Returns. That one's really good. Uh, if you want something like enterprise scale, I think Narvar is your best solution. And uh, there's a whole bunch of them. But like those three, just that's what's top of mind because I Googled this two days ago for someone. <laughs> and those were the three that I was reminded of. I'm like, that's that's what I like. But there's if I left you out, uh, there's other good ones too. So your answer is, I don't know, there's a bunch of them? Uh, my answer is your uh, Looper Aftership's probably <laughs> the one you want. <laughs> uh, so, investment news. We invested in Postpilot. Yeah, so we owned a tiny bit of Postpilot, I a, guess is a, one way a to put it. A fraction of a fraction of a fraction. It's like when Jay-Z owned the Nets, and he kind of didn't. <laughs> uh, we put money into Postpilot. Being run by Drew Sanaki. That's right. Who and Michael Epstein. And Michael Epstein, who are good guys from Auto Anything, and we've worked with them on a bunch of projects. Yeah. And they moved on to something new, and we like the idea, so we threw money into it. Postpilot. So we're going to be talking about Postpilot, and every time we do, we're going to say we have money in it. But even if we didn't have money in it, we think it's a good idea. It's handwritten postcards mailed to your customers as win-back campaigns or otherwise automatically. It's pretty much Clavio for snail mail. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. And like you want to stand out from the crowd, send some, send, send some handwritten snail mail. Yeah. And I think it's really good, especially for those people that are selling on Amazon. You put that stuff in the box and then you could get the, you know, when you get those addresses, you can like contact those people outside of Amazon. I don't know how Amazon feels about this. They don't like it, but screw them. <laughs> Let's leave on that. Let's go out on that note. <laughs> they don't like it, but screw them. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, so please join our Facebook group, the Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders, and talk to us. That's also the only way that you will be included in a feature AMA when in a month I will ask about AMA questions well, we again. we got to fill the content hole again. we got to fill the content hole. Thank you, and good night. Privy is the fastest way to grow sales with email and SMS. You can build your list, save abandoned carts, send money making emails and texts, and more, all in one place. Plus, you'll get coaching and support from e-commerce experts no matter where you start. Privy is the number one rated sales app on Shopify and has helped merchants deliver over 7 billion in online sales. Join the thousands of merchants growing with Privy by signing up for a free 15-day trial today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify to get started. That's P-R-I-V-Y dot com slash unofficial Shopify. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. So please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, 
for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.